This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Now he'll turn it north, crossed over the line, made a nice move to the backhand, a shot, he What a move by Nikolai Ehlers! Jets win! Jets win! Jets win in overtime this afternoon on a great maneuver by Nikolai Ehlers. You'll see that on the highlight reels tonight and for some time to come. Winnipeg wins it 2-1 here in the nation's capital. Welcome into Jets at Noon. I'm Ross Levitan in for Cam Poitras alongside Jim Toth. And the Winnipeg Jets maybe didn't play their best hockey over the weekend but a win is a win is a win. 2-1 the final score. Nikolai Ehlers, the OT winner in Ottawa. As you just heard, Paul Edmonds on the call. He will be back on our airwaves tonight because it is, it is again a Winnipeg Jets game day. The Jets continue this three-game road trip in Boston, and they'll have to play the first place in the East Boston Bruins without their top center. Mark Shifley has been ruled out. He will skate tomorrow in Toronto. Rick Bonus says... It was his first skate. It was a light one. I don't expect him to be in the lineup against the Maple Leafs, but that is to be decided. This is going to be a game that decides who is in first place by points percentage in the entire National Hockey League. Toth for a mid-January game. This one's got some some kick to it, some spice. It definitely does, and I think also the fact that the Winnipeg Jets beat the Boston Bruins here on December 22nd, 5-1. That they didn't beat them. They beat the heck out of them. They shipped them back to Boston. Great tune, by the way, the dropkick. Murphy, see him live if you can. They're worth the price of admission right there, as will be the game tonight worth the price of admission. I think this is going to be a good one. Boston is Boston. They're not um, the same, but, I mean, they're like the Jets, right? They have a system that works, and they've plugged in and placed a couple players to to fill in for Krejci and Bergeron. And um, it's it's worked for them. Uh, they got great goaltending and Jeremy Swayman. Allmark's injured right now, so I expect Swayman to be in net. But this is a great test for the Winnipeg Jets. And it's a great test in my mind, Ross, because as you said against Ottawa and no one will talk about that, they weren't at their optimal. And, and they found another way to win. But I think that they had the two days off and, and a practice and they got a win over Ottawa. Afternoon game too, the, just weird. Yeah, this is the week I think that we're going to see like – You know, I think some Jets fans are waiting for the other shoe to drop like it did last year. And I'm not, but hockey gets tougher now. Hockey in this part of January and February around the All-Star break, it gets tougher. There's teams that are fighting to make the playoffs. There are teams that are in the playoffs. And those that aren't in the playoffs or have a bright future know who's coming to town when it's a playoff team. So I think teams are playing the Jets tougher the last two weeks. I I think that um, there's a lot of game film on what they like to do and and. Tonight's a big test for them against the Boston Bruins. This is a great game. This is a great week, actually, going into the All-Star break. And to Mark Shifley and your point, I wonder, right? Like, if he's not going to play tonight, then he skates in Toronto. If he doesn't play in Toronto, what's the point by then? Like, you could give him a full solid two weeks off here and three weeks, actually, with the injury. But with the All-Star break and then the bye week coming for them, it's why risk anything? And that's why I think they'll approach it. Unless where, unless he's 100%. Well, where's Mark Shifley from? Well, he's from the Ontario area. Yeah, he yeah. wants to play those Ontario games. Ontario area, the Toronto area. Well, he wants to, say, to play yeah. those games against the For Leafs. sure he does, but that's my point, right? Like, if he's 99.9%, I don't play him. I wouldn't either. 
if he's 100% and 100% for two or three days, then I'll play him. I'll give him a game before the break and stuff like that. I just, if it is, and we, I at least I do, I suspect it's a groin injury. I don't know this. Dr. Toth. There you go. I play one on the radio. <laughs> Actually in soap operas in the 80s, but now on the radio. But I, I don't know. But then again, like Kyle Connor too, right? Like every player is different. Every player's healing and everything like that goes a different way. But if it's not, if it's ninety nine point nine, he wants to get a game in. I say no, Mark. Don't worry about it. But if it's a hundred percent, and it's a hundred percent tomorrow and the day after, then I give him a game. Like uh, get him in there. Well, people are probably sick of me saying it because it was in my Jets report today. I'm sure it'll play a couple more times throughout the afternoon. But I think that this is such a critical time to see guys in elevated roles. I was discussing that with you last yeah. week and. Who, who doesn't want to see, you know, a couple more games of Adam Lowry getting offensive touches and he might have to go in a pinch later on in the season. So at least get him some reps there early on. See Do- Dominic Tony Nato. Thank goodness. He's okay. After that big hit he took in the first period from Brady Kachuk. And I, I think for, for this, it's a matter of seeing guys in different situations and can they step up and 46 days to the trade deadline. It's, it's a valuation period for Kevin shovel day off of what kind of p- pieces he needs to add. But, and I agree with that. The flip side of that is, again, so he skates today. He's not going to play. If they evaluate him today and then again tomorrow and they go, he's 100% for the past two days, I may or may not dress him. But if he's like the third, fourth day, 100% ready to go, I'm sitting here going, games are going to be tougher. Yes. You need points. You need to start playing your optimal lineup while you can. If there's any factor to him potentially re-injuring himself or I don't do it, but if he's 100% for two or three days, I get him in the lineup. I think you need – this is a tough week. The Maple Leafs twice, Boston once. If you can get four or five points out of this week, it'll – I think there's a tough time coming for the Jets. And we saw Toronto go through it with seven losses in a row. Vancouver went through it a little bit. They had the great start, and then they dropped a couple – I just think that now's not the time to just hope for points, but that's just me, right? Like how Rick Bonus approaches this season and how his team's playing is, but I, I think that they, that's what I'm, we're going around about it. And tonight I get it, right? Like he's not a hundred percent. I don't, this is the other way to look at it. I don't think if he's, if he's 99.9, it's Ottawa, they play him. Right. But yet if he's 99.9, it's Boston, they don't like, I don't think they approach it that no. way. I think they'd look at it, hey, is he good to go, and is he going to be good to go after? Then we'll play him. On the injury front, uh, Gabe Velarde is a game-time decision as well tonight. Rick Bonus saying afterwards, it was uh, said it was a maintenance day yesterday when he missed practice. Cole Perfetti also missed practice yesterday, but uh, no update. I'd expect Cole Perfetti will be in the lineup tonight in Boston, but that's something to keep our eye on. Um, Just a little tease for a little bit later on, and uh, just while we're talking injuries, there was some unfortunate injury news for the Manitoba Moose, so stay tuned for that in a few minutes. But before we get to tonight's game, which we'll preview in the last segment of Jets at Noon, and you can get Jets at Noon on your favorite podcast platform as well every day here on 680 CJOB live at noon. I'll be with you tomorrow as well with Jim Toth. And it is a great time to be a Jets fan for a number of reasons. But this defensive structure that they're in, look, they're, they're finding ways to win in a few different ways. But on, on Saturday to me is the perfect example where 
Like, yeah, Connor Hellebuck did his job, but even though it was kind of a slugfest through the neutral zone and Ottawa did their job of clogging it up, knowing they were going through uh, against a much more talented team on paper, I thought that the Jets did well enough to take advantage of the few opportunities that they did get. That little flip pass from Dylan Sandberg goes up over the head of Eric Branstrom, that three-on-one, no mistake. And how about about the hockey gods, right? Mason Appleton goes 25 games without a goal, and then he gets goals in back-to-back games. Yeah. I call that the Twitter gods because every time Twitter gives up on a player, he starts to lighten it up. Did light you it up. see? I wish, I wish I had um, had found to to give this guy credit, but um, I, th- I think who was it that scored the other night? The, someone got their first goal in in quite some time. It wasn't uh, just Mason Appleton. It was. I think it was the Islanders game I'm thinking back to, but he said, oh, if that guy scored, like, what's next? A Mason Appleton goal? And then he scored (laughs) immediately. Well, Mason Appleton, in my opinion, is a prime example of what coaches like to say as long as he's getting chances. Neil Pionk's goal. Neil Pionk, that's right. Um, As long as he's getting chances. And although 25 games is a long time ago, the other thing that hurt, I think, Appleton's perception this year is he came out of the gate on fire. Mm -hmm. He had, like, 14 points in 20-some games. Um, and was really good. Do I think he can go 25 games without producing? No, I don't I don't think that's good. But what I'm saying is he was in and around it, right? Like, I think that's why some fans started to turn on him is because he couldn't bury the odd chance. He couldn't bury – I mean, that goal against Ottawa, that's a snipe, right? Oh, so, yeah. So um, I, I think that uh, he's just one of those examples of as long as he's getting opportunities, like all coaches tell you, if he's not getting chances, if he's not in the right place – if he's not burying or getting a stick on a puck that should be tapped in and just missing the net, then you worry. And and I thought that he was one of those guys that was still getting opportunities. He just couldn't bury them. So what was your overall takeaway from the game against Ottawa on well, Saturday? I, look, my, I was wondering about this, and I, I, I honestly said this to myself after the game. The Jets didn't play like we've seen them play. No, no problem with that. But what is this Ottawa team? Because I had Ottawa in the playoffs at the start of the year. I really like their mix. I thought they did a good thing improving their goaltending. That has really let them down. Um, but I like the defensive core they put together. I like the depth. And we've seen that. You've seen that throughout their lineup that no matter what the name, they've gone up and down, right? I'm a big believer in Ridley Gregg. I, I really like him out of Brandon and, and I know out of my hometown of Lethbridge. But uh, his dad was as a WHL superstar in Lethbridge when I was in high school. And and so I, I believe in his work ethic and, and stuff. It just hasn't gone their way this year. And and I'm not giving them excuses. They're responsible for that. But I looked at that game and I said, the Jets didn't have theirs. But what is this Ottawa team? Like, are they coming around? And I thought, well, here's a great way to define it. They go to overtime with one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Then they have to travel and play on the road the next day. I'll see what they do. They go on the road yesterday and won. Yeah. After playing at home, after having a disastrous season, like back-to-backs we know is one thing. Back-to-backs with travel is another thing. Mom's trip, though. Mom's trip, they <laughs> they deserve all the credit for that. But so I just think that Ottawa, is, I'm not saying they don't suck. They're having a terrible season for the, the lineup they have. But I, I think that it was a bit of both. Jets weren't at their optimal for, for sure. And I think Ottawa's starting uh, to get – look, we all know – keeping people accountable is a big thing. And I think Jacques Martin and Steve Steos have come in and started to get some accountability out of some players. Yeah. When you look at it with Jacques Martin coming in on December 18th, the Ottawa Senators have played 16 games and Jim the Thursday against Montreal, then the Saturday game against Winnipeg. Those are the first two back-to-back games out of 16 games, 15 because it was before the Philly game that they had save percentage over 900 in two consecutive games. Yeah, I mean, the goaltending has really let them down this year. Awful. 
Um, but again, if you can, and people can say, well, it was Philly. Philly's won Philly's seven in well. a row, didn't they? Six in a row before? Yeah. They got embarrassed, though, on Saturday, too, against Colorado. Carter right. Hart led in five seven goals four, on yeah. 15 shots. So I just take that. The Jets weren't at their optimal, for sure. And, and you know, if they would have lost that game, I would understand that they, they didn't play their best. But then I also thought, I thought Ottawa played one of their best games of the year. Yeah, they're 3-1-1 one, one in their last five games. So we'll see if they can continue that against Montreal. If they can get saves, they'll be better. It's great to see Shane Pinto back to North Dakota product, yeah. uh, Hobie Baker runner-up. And, and the final thing I'll say about this is the Jets have had their Columbus, their Chicago, their New York Islanders, their their Ottawa. They need to get back to. They're a good enough team that they're going to get points out of those, those games where they're not at their optimal. This is a week and this is the time, even though they don't have their full lineup, they need to start getting back to the optimal play of theirs. And this is the strangest part of the schedule for the Jets season. Nine straight games against the Eastern Conference, and that's one thing. But then when you look into those nine games, they play their entire season series against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and Toronto over that stretch. It's one of those things that, do you want the break? Because you're playing so well. Yeah. When you're in that rhythm, like they now that they've gotten some time, the rhythm is a little bit off with them, right? The rhythm's always on with you, Jim. And rhythm we'll is a nation. In you here on Jets at Noon. Jeff Forte is producing today's show. That's Jim Toth. I'm Ross Levitan. In for Camp Poitras. This is Jets at Noon, 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Stay hot, Skylar Peters. Thank you, sir. Coming Temp- in hot on temperature a Monday. scale, also known as a thermometer to everybody else out there. <laughs> thermometer. First weather cast of the uh, week, boys. Got to take it easy. Are you a Celsius or Fahrenheit guy for your thermostat? Oh, like the one in my house? I can't change it to Celsius for some reason. No, so. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Fahrenheit guy for that too. Toth? I'm Celsius. You get more numbers with Fahrenheit, you know? You get to really dial it in. Yes. Fahrenheit? Because... Gra- what do you guys pay your power bill in yen? <laughs> <laughs> it's Celsius. Well, I, I tried switching it when I moved to my new place this summer. Couldn't figure it out. So it's a comfortable, uh, what would it be, like 72, I think? 72, 73 at the crib right now, unless my roommates turned it down, which is very possible. Yeah. I like it nice and chilly. I'm like between 68 and 72. So, so I wake up this morning, go downstairs, get the morning coffee going. As, soon, as I'm walking downstairs, like every stair is a bit colder. I'm like, this is really <laughs> weird. Look out to my balcony, balcony door wide open. Not sure how long it was open, probably all night. That's wild. It was uh, down to nine degrees Celsius in the home at, uh, at that time, which Whoa. I think is about 50. One of the fellas Fahrenheit, came so. home and said, I'm going to get some I, air. I think the fellow was me, actually, <laughs> during the afternoon. So I didn't, uh, didn't name any names, didn't point the finger, but... Uh, the heat was uh, promptly cranked up. Yesterday. So your roommates came downstairs and said, is it cold in here? And you're like, I feel no, fine. No, they complained because it was hot. They're like, oh, it's so hot upstairs. I'm like, yeah, well, you should have seen it at 7.30 this morning when it was nine freaking degrees. I'm sitting in my bathrobe having coffee. Well, that's bathrobe. I, what a visual. Yeah. You better do more than a bathrobe <laughs> if you got roommates. I'll just tell you that right now. And when it's nine degrees. <laughs> and when it's well, nine degrees, was, yeah. She was cinched up, boys. I was swimming all morning. <laughs> Uh, good stuff so tonight the Winnipeg Jets are in Boston taking on the Bruins and just a quick look at David Pasternak's season unbelievable hockey player I mean he's a guy that no matter who you cheer for you're looking at him and saying yeah 
That's 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 a talented hockey player. Third in the National Hockey League in points with 66 in 45 games. Only Nikita Kucherov and Nathan McKinnon have more. And then doing a little bit of a deep dive, you feel like he scored a lot against Winnipeg. You're absolutely right. In 14 career games against the Jets, he's got 10 goals. The third most he has against any Western Conference team. The only teams he has Feasting. more are the Colorado Avalanche, 12, and the Anaheim Ducks, 11. Feasting on the Jets. Yeah, pasta. Electra sauce. Uh, we were talking a little bit about him when I joined the guys in the start today, McGarry and Mackling, and just um, hit like his streak recently is just unbelievable. He's the best. And uh, just positioning around. We talked about the power play uh, this morning, too, like how lethal the Boston power play is. That's going to be key tonight for the Jets is to limit the number of penalties they take. Get their forecheck going, play their system, be solid defensively, but do not take a bunch of penalties. Do not give that power play a lot of opportunities. Five goals, four assists during a four-game point streak for David Pasternak, including a hat-trick against the Colorado Avalanche. He's a guy to keep your eye on tonight, number 88 for the Boston Bruins. But I think just overall, Jim, this team is more a sum of its parts than any one individual. They lose their top two centermen to retirement, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, and they don't miss a beat. On paper, there's nothing that special with the depth of this team. I really don't think so. Sure, they've got the best goaltending duo in the league. All due respect to Laurent Boursois, you could have made a legit argument that both Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman should be in the All-Star game. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, um, you know, it's funny. I, I still go back to that quote a year ago when the Bruins came to town and Swayman was in net and he made 40-some saves and helped them get a win. And in his post-game scrum here in Winnipeg, he said it's just nice to contribute. A lot of nights we're facing 18, 19 shots, and you don't feel like you helped the team at all or did much. Tonight it was nice to feel like, and he did. He had a huge hand in getting that win, stopping 40-plus shots from the Jets. But now, like, that's the system they play, right? And and now that they're not as deep down the middle without those two guys that left for retirement – um, the system's coming to the forefront, but you need your goaltender a little bit more because, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, Bergeron's the best two-way defense, two-way centerman defensively in the National Hockey League for years. You're going to give up a little bit more now coming down the middle, but I think the goalies are more involved this year, and you're finding out exactly, you know, they there are more nights than not that they do need them. And they split basically like a peewee team. Like yeah. Jeremy Swayman has 24 starts this year and Linus Allmark has 21 and neither has been injured at all. I have an uncle who's a huge Bruins fan up in Whitehorse and I think he equated it to the local team or which, what? Which game, which game <laughs> of the tournament are the, are my Bruins in? Because basically that's how they rotate their goalies, right? Like we're going into a tournament. We got three to maybe five games and we'll rotate goalies every game. We should also give a shout out to Strathclair, Manitoba native. Morgan Geeky, who was promised a bigger role by going there. He had a breakout season in Seattle last year after coming up through the Carolina Hurricanes organization and through 39 games, he's got 22 points, but of late heating up back-to-back games with assists was plus three against Montreal. And hopefully, hopefully the Boston Bruins emptied their goal tank for the week because they put up nine against the Montreal Canadiens on yeah. Saturday night. They're like, hockey day in Canada? We're the only American team taking part? Let's ruin this. That's so Bruins of them, right? They love to do that to Canada and treat us like that. So, um, Just ask Vancouver in the 2011 finals. <laughs> but it's going to be a great game. I, I think it's, I mean... 
if Velarde can't go, the team's clearly dealing with something, right? Because there's been a couple of illness go through that, oh, he may or may not play, and there's been a couple players not show up at the morning skate and then play that night to keep Ehlers whatever virus, too. Ehlers to keep whatever he, virus there is away from them. Yeah, so Ehlers' upper body, though. Yeah. But still, no, this the, this bye week can't come soon enough. Like, even you see Rick Bonus trying to manipulate days off and say stay home and to two days off in a row, all that. He, he wants this bye week in a bad way. And good good thing is that their bye week is before the All-Star game. A lot of teams have it afterwards, and then they play a full full schedule next week as well, whereas at least for Winnipeg, it's ASAP. Three more games. And that being said, um, it, you're right, and, and he's putting this lineup together. And, and But that being said, they've been relatively healthy, right? Uh, and I think that when a Kyle Connor or a Mark Scheifele get hurt, gets hurt it's a major focus which i get but if you look at somebody like the blackhawks and they have vegas. nine regulars in vegas vegas and, and without six, yeah so um like that's the the difference to me I, I think if you're a jets fan you're not happy at kyle connor or gabe velarde or mark shifley get injured but if everybody else is relatively healthy you can find a way to get through that it's when there's like if you got three or four forwards and a D-man out, that's a tough goal for you to fill all that in. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, when you're looking at uh, Winnipeg, though, like I said, it's just about having guys step up. But to, to and knock on wood, please, I don't want to hear that I'm the jinx. This is just a matter of fact. The Jets haven't had a single game loss to injury on the blue line this year. They've healthy scratched Nate Schmidt well, yeah, for yeah, three yeah. games. But other than that, like if you look at the minutes played as pairs, like they aren't even... They aren't even like manipulating who's playing with who on the back end for the Winnipeg Jets. If, if you sort with all teams in the National Hockey League, only four pairs have played more than DeMello and Morrissey together in the National Hockey League this season. And you don't even have to go that far down. Uh, 17th on this list of most consistent pairs is Brendan Dillon with Neil Pionk. So they've done such a good job of building chemistry with the guys they want to be with one another. And it's it's paying dividends because right now, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, Jim, because I know that we are a bit superstitious here. They can tie the modern day record of most consecutive games without allowing four goals or more tonight. Yeah. And it's 35, and it's against Boston. <laughs> I mean, you give yourself a great chance to win if you can hold Boston to three or less. It's also will be their 15th of two or less if they can do that. That's, that's what r- I that's mean ridiculous. about the system, right? Like, that's what I mean when we, when you have these injuries. Um, no Shifley, no Velarde, no Kyle Connor for 18 games. The system is what gets you through if you bring up players that can play in the system. And that's why everybody for calling for Brad Lambert and everybody calling for this. I they're not going to bring those guys up right now. They're going to bring up guys like Fialbi and Toninato that know the system that can play it and fill it in in a lesser role. And they elevate somebody else in the lineup. And that's what I think has really sustained them from the injuries they have had. Yeah. Love that four o'clock pregame, six o'clock puck drop right here on your radio home for jets, hockey, six eighty CJOB on the other side, take a peek around the league. Corey Perry has signed in Canada. We'll we tell got, you where we Next. got some texters who want to weigh in on that too. Oh, We'll get to all that. That's Jim Toth. I'm Ross Levitan. Jeff Forte is producing. This is Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to Jets at Noon. I'm Ross Levitan in for Cam Poitras alongside Jim 
Toth. As we look around the National Hockey League on this Winnipeg Jets game day, 6 o'clock games, 4 o'clock pregame, uh, we'll have Derek Taylor teeing it up. Paul Edmonds, Mitchell Clinton will have the call. The Jets' second game of a three-game road trip. They got the victory in the nation's capital, 2-1 in overtime. Now they're down in Boston taking on the East number one team, and then they'll finish up the road trip with Toronto before bringing the Leafs right back here to take them on next Saturday night. But as we look at big stories across the National Hockey League, the Edmonton Oilers jump out right away. 13 straight wins. I thought this was fascinating, Jim. 13 wins is the most consecutive by any Canadian team in NHL history. Yeah, it's impressive. And what's more impressive, I said this on the start today too, anytime the modern day Edmonton Oilers set a record for something like power play per- percentage, power play efficiency, 13 wins in a row, I'm blown away because yeah. I was there in the 80s, like like not in Edmonton, but I was in Alberta growing up watching the Battle of Alberta and, and those teams were so dominant, so many Hall of Famers. I'm just surprised that there's a record they had, didn't accomplish back then. Yeah. Especially when the game was so wide open and, like this. And they were only 10, right? Like it was Montreal, yeah, the 67, 10. 68 Montreal Canadiens. Where were you when they accomplished that? Now that being said, getting into our text line, 780-6868, I know we're going to get to the Corey Perry news that says, uh, uh, Terry says, hi Jim and Ross. Well, sure hope are happy the success of the Oilers. I recall earlier in the season, you expressed concern that they may not make the playoffs. Well, now they're number three in the Pacific division. You no longer have to worry about them. I disagree with that, Terry. I, 13 games in a row is impressive. I don't want to take anything away from them. They went and got Corey Perry. But they had to win 13 games in a row just to get into this third place in the Pacific. They couldn't get a save. They're not going to win 30 in a row. I wouldn't put it past them right they're now. Not, they're not going to They're not going to lose, you know, win 15 in a row, lose one, and then win 10 in a row again. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think they've done a phenomenal job of getting back into this. And there might not have been any bigger coach bump than Chris Knobloch coming in. 22 and 6. Or 22 and 6 since he arrived. But I just, I think there's another lull coming. I I don't like their defense still. And Stuart Skinner has had some massive numbers during this 13 game win streak. But I just think they're still in a fight. The other thing that's helped the Oilers with this run is how horrific the LA Kings have become. And Vegas. And Vegas. And Vegas is injury, but L.A., I don't have a clue what's going wrong with that. Well, the Cam Talbot was on top of the world. He he might be a worse all-star than Georgiev. And that's why it's so hard to climb in the standings. Like, it takes two months to gain six points. Yeah. It, they've needed two teams to go on an epic run of failing and their own epic run of putt. So I give them full credit, Terry. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I just don't think it's a cinch yet still. I think there's a lot of hockey left, an entire half of a season, where they have to basically win in 10-game increments the majority of them. They have to go 6, 7 and, uh, out of 10 for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, th- I think they do it. I think for me, there there's four teams in the West that to me are like, above the rest. You know what? Probably even six, because I shouldn't be counting out Vegas from this. They're the defending champs. They deserve the respect to be in the serious contender category. But it's the three teams in Canada. Sorry, Calgary, not you, but the other three, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Winnipeg, and the Colorado Avalanche. Like Those are the teams that I think have a legitimate shot at the Stanley Cup. And even Colorado, like this is what happens when you win, right? Everyone else gets paid. But they have to get paid somewhere else because you run out of money. Yeah, they don't get they don't have the same depth. 
Burakovsky gone. Nikushkin, obviously, we hope that he, the yeah. best for him and that he can recover. But since Kadri left, Kadri is the next guy who's going to name. He's he's been unreal. With, and Landeskog, they've um, he's they've skating be- though. Hey, he's skating <laughs> on, on his own. They've become the Winnipeg Jets of the National Hockey League. They need a second line center. Yeah, well, they basically. <laughs> I mean, they could just play Nathan McKinnon for thirty five minutes a game. That guy, what a talent! But uh, oh, getting back because we should get to yeah, uh, Corey Perry. I, we'll mention Corey Perry because Bob has texted us at seventy two sixty eight sixty eight. I mentioned on your text line Corey Perry will wind up back in the league and here he is signing in Edmonton today he's a difference maker and uh, that's from uh, sorry Bob and then Carl has also weighed in uh, signed Jonathan Taves now that signed, <laughs> now that Edmonton has signed Perry Winnipeg needs Taves immediately they need a center and he's going to be better than Gus in Toronto I did get somebody reach out to me on social media last two weeks about my talk about Sean Monahan about get off the Monahan. there's better upgrades he looks good He's more than a point of game player the yeah. past two weeks. And at 1.95. And what do the Jets need? They just need a guy to come in and play second line center or fourth line though. center. Would you trade a first round pick for him? No. No, exactly, right? But I would trade a defensive prospect or a defenseman yeah. on my team right now and a second round pick for him. Yeah, interesting. So Corey Perry signs a one year ticket with the Edmonton Oilers. Perry uh, started the year with Chicago. They terminated his contract due to off ice conduct. Um, Perry met with the commissioner, Gary Bettman, and was free to sign wherever he picks Edmonton one-year contract at league minimum but there are performance bonuses he gets $225,000 once he reaches 10 games played and keep in mind this goes on to next year's salary cap for the Edmonton Oilers then there's a few little playoff bonuses basically if he plays in half the games and however far they make it it's 50 grand per round give or take I don't think he's the answer to be like a top guy. They obviously have their top guys with Hyman, Nuge, Drysaddle, McDavid doing all the scoring, but they've needed a guy in the bottom six who can, in a pinch, score a big goal. And Corey Perry scored big goals in his career before, so it's it's a no-risk move, really. I don't know what Corey Perry did. I don't. I don't know even what's being referred to and stuff, so I, I don't know how I feel about this because I don't know what happened there. Um, if I knew the details of that, I could make a decision on whether I think this is a smart move or not. Hockey-wise, it's a smart move. This improves their bottom. Now, Fogel for Edmonton has been carrying the mail now. Their bottom six has improved because of him. This only does it more so. Um, but for everybody wondering if the Jets would do this, I, again, I don't know what Corey Perry did, but I would assume if it's something malicious enough to get his contract canceled, uh, the Jets would not touch a guy like that. Yeah. Now Edmonton, I'm sorry, is desperate enough. Well, and they did. They've already done this with Evander Kane. And we, yes, and we said this when Cor- this happened to Corey Perry, and everybody was asking and talking, would he be back in the league? And I said at the time, I go, "There's always a team desperate enough. The Jets aren't them. The Edmonton Oilers are." And I don't mean about how they've struggled this year. I mean they have a year and two years left of McDavid and Drysital. Yeah. They are massively desperate to get over the hump and win something. And and that's what happens when you're desperate. They're starting to get saves, though. Stuart Skinner's yeah. been a, a lot better. And, and to me, they're a team that's uh, that's on the up and up. And if you look at it like... If Skinner can keep this going, because like he looked good last year, was up for the Calder, but his inconsistency, young goalie, we get it, right? Yep. This year, he didn't have the starting job. Campbell did. Then he comes out. If he can, if he can mature into this, and we all know goalies, goalies can do it in a rookie year, and the goalies can do it in their seventh year. But if he can solidify this as consistent play, they, they have something now. So Corey Perry will wear number 90 in Edmonton, was already on the ice with his teammates at practice. Speaking of game action, NHL, stay tuned this evening on 680 CJOB. We've got Winnipeg Jets hockey in Boston, 6 o'clock game, 4 o'clock pregame show. 
For now, though, we say adieu. We'll be back tomorrow to break and, down an all-first-place matchup. And tomorrow we'll have to talk a little Patty Roy. Oh, Patrick Roy. <laughs> we couldn't today because his Stanley Cup rings were blocking what we were trying to talk about. So maybe tomorrow we'll talk about it. We certainly will. Head coach of the New York Islanders. That's Jim Toth. I'm Ross Levitan. Thank you to Jeff Fortier for producing. This has been another edition of Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB.